You're listening to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. I'm Gandalf. I'm Matt. And I'm Nathan Van Horn. The Bible is the most read book ever, but to some, it is merely fiction. Join our conversations as we connect the dots to reveal that the story of the Bible is not only true, it's better than fiction. To learn more about the show or to contact us directly, visit us online at www.betterthanfictionbiblepodcast.com. Welcome back, listener, to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. Gladly joining you today for these 30 minutes of discussing the biblical narrative is me, Matt, and Nathan Van Horn. He's he's back this time, and we Welcome are back. ever so grateful. Yeah, good to be here. Good to be here. Hey, by the way, I had a great moment when listening to last week's episode when maybe for the first time in the history of the show, Matt called me by just my last name, Van Horn. So that was, I don't know why that was a great moment for me, but it was. So, (laughs) Well, listener, another great moment for you will be subscribing to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. If you have not done so, last I checked, we were doing a little better. We were back to around like 60, 60, almost 70% of you subscribing. But for whatever reason, there's uh, 30 to 35% among you who regularly listen, but have not pressed the check mark on Apple Podcasts to subscribe or the plus on Spotify or the heart on Google Podcasts or whatever that looks like on your platform of choice. So please, if you're going through the trouble of having to manually search us every Tuesday morning when you want to listen, please just subscribe. And not only will that help you keep um, up to date, but it will also help us uh, reach more people with the podcast. It's actually changed up a little bit on Apple. No longer it's at the plus mark. It's the, it's plus follow now. Plus follow. Okay. It's it's the plus mark. You can tell who doesn't have an iPhone. Yeah, that's right. Well, it changes every few months. It was plus. Gandalf, you are the Esau of this podcast for using your Android. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. You, uh, stronger. Uh, okay, sure. Um, more handsome. I get it. A man of the land. <laughs> I, okay, sounds good. <laughs> Love it. Clear, clearly, Nathan, what I, I was I suggesting. <laughs> That's Nathan, right. I didn't have you pegged for a quiet man who lives in tents. Um, but dude, uh, I do not do well in a zombie apocalypse. Uh, I am. If if that happens, I'm much more Jacob than Esau. The, do remember, <laughs> but remember, y'all. It's all about like animal husbandry. It's 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 about farming versus hunting. Remember we talked yeah, about Yeah, cultivating. That. Yeah, cultivating. I just love, <laughs> uh, you never hear the word husbandry. Um, and <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like horticulture is up there too. This has nothing to do with anything. It's just random thoughts, but yeah. Welcome to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast. <laughs> right. All, all please, that being said. P- please make that shirt. It's just random thoughts. <laughs> all, all that being said we we are going to be in chapter 27 uh without again. a doubt without a doubt and uh but uh what are we reading like what what how many verses are we covering now that all three of us are here so the game plan is to go uh 29 verses today but it's not just 29 verses today we're going to take two episodes to discuss this stuff we're going to reread verses one through four just for a little bit of context but essentially, we're trying to capture the first part of 
the Jacob Esau blessing. Because if we reflect on Hebrews 11, by faith, Isaac blessed his sons, both of them, Jacob and Esau. Essentially, these next two episodes, we're going to talk about the blessing of Jacob and what we can glean from that. And then uh, after we get through verses, uh, verse number 29, we'll move forward in the next uh, few episodes out there uh, about the blessing of Esau. All right. So, so with, Nathan, do uh, with that said, I you noticed Nathan was not here last week. I think he should totally read these 29 you verses. You took, took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> there it is. Uh, testimony yep. of two witnesses. So I guess I'm up. And I am making sure that, as always, we are reading from the ESV. So this is Genesis 27, 1 through 29. When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son. And he answered, Here I am. He said, Behold, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, and prepare me, prepare for me delicious food, such as I love, and bring it to me so that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare for me delicious food that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. Now, therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats so that I may prepare from them delicious food for your father, such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be mocking him, and bring a curse upon myself, and not a blessing. His mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice, and go, bring them to me. So he went and took them, and brought them to his mother, and his mother prepared delicious food, such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And the skins of the young goats she put on his hands and on the smoother part of his neck. And she put the delicious food and the bread, which she had prepared, into the hand of her son Jacob. So he went to his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game, that that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? He answered, Because the Lord your God granted me success. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near, that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you really are my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac his father, who felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He said, Are you really my son Esau? He answered, I am. Then he said, Bring it near to me, that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him, and he ate. And he brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him. And Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is, the, is as the smell of the field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you of the dew of heaven 
and of the fatness of the earth, and plenty of grain and wine. Let peoples serve you, and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be everyone who blesses you. Mm. Man, that I, passage is loaded. That is yeah. loaded. There is mm. so much here. By the way, yeah, I I I, uh, I taught Sunday school for our regular Sunday school teacher yesterday who was out, and I had someone read 10 verses at once, and I awarded them three accelerated reader points. So I'm giving myself seven for 29 verses. <laughs> for 29 verses. It was a good job. It was a good job. So, listener, last week, you know, we looked at verses one through four, and a couple of the main points from that were talking about the dimming of the eyes. Clearly, through reading of this portion of the story, his eyes really were dim. Like he really did have a problem with vision in that it wasn't just a reference to judgment. I still think, though, the judgment still applies as maybe an echo there. But clearly, he is he is unable to see here. Um, I, I like how he's only like 50% suspicious. Right. Because because <laughs> it's like, he, he even goes, he's like, oh, this is this is Jacob's voice. But hey, you're hairy enough, so it's fine. Like, I feel like. That's right. Like, he's even trying to verify. Like, he's only, he's kind of suspicious, but not all the way suspicious. I, it, it reminds me of a, have you guys ever played that game Among Us? My kids do. Yeah. 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 Like, I, I just, I can see Jacob as the imposter. Or not, yeah, it is the imposter in this situation. So, uh, know, just, Matt, Matt do you know Among Us? I don't know that game. I've never if played do, it, but not, like, the, the basic premise, the, mas- the basic premise is it's this multiplayer game, and all these little characters are sharing a spaceship, and there's like one of them is a mole, and all of them are going around while they're playing, trying to fix things on the spaceship, and one of them is secretly trying to destroy things. And so he's got to try to destroy things without the others catching on to him and, and identifying him. And so uh, it's kind of played like a game of mafia where you're trying to find the killer. Yep. Um, but so he's slowly this... trying to weed out the good ones. Yeah. So, so this is a, a like a, a party game. This is not a video yeah. game or board game. No, it's a video no, game. No, it's a video game. Oh, it's a video. Oh, okay. But it's a party it's style video party game. Games. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So one of the things that we talked about a lot through the podcast is the Bible, as it was originally written, did not have the cross-reference bar down through the middle of the page, linking it back to other parts or forward to other parts of the scripture. The way the Bible links Which, to mu- parts much of the respect for whoever came up with that thing. Yeah, uh, super helpful. Um, the way the Bible links stories together is through secondarily ideas, primarily through vocabulary. Yeah. Often when you see, and especially when the ideas and the vocab go together. So for instance, one of the ones that immediately jumped out to me, and there's a lot here is verse number five. So now Rebecca was listening when Isaac spoke, to his son Esau. And this word comes right out of Genesis 3. Um, in fact, there is so much overlap in the early story of Genesis, in Genesis 3 and Genesis 4 in this. 
that's just one of them. Nathan, what are other ones? Yeah, I mean, I'm it, talking it, about Genesis three and, eight, and they heard the sound of the Lord God. That's walking. it. And there's and there and I, I do want to say something about that, um, because this is something we do often on the podcast, and we talk about this sometimes, but we don't talk about it, you know, at a, at a bigger level very often. Um, so often, uh, when you're connecting passages by by means of words and ideas. You can have uh, you can have the accusation from a linguistic perspective of uh, I know we talked about this I don't know a thousand episodes ago of illegitimate totality transfer and and yeah. someone who is a linguist would say hey yeah but words can be used in broad ways and you can't read That's the right. entire range of meaning into every single use and and right. I hear that but I do want to push back on that because we don't just go by words on the show we go by word clusters. And so it's, right. it's not just, does it walk like a duck? If it walks like a duck and flaps its wings like a duck and swims like a duck, and then it starts quacking, then I'm saying, okay, I'm seeing connections between passages. So we're usually yeah. not doing that on the basis of one or two concepts. Usually there is a flood of those concepts that are bringing into play the other stories that we're saying are associated. Fair? Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and, and so, Matt, if you just came out of the gate and said, now, Rebecca was listening when Isaac spoke. I'd be like, eh, that's kind of a weak link to Genesis 3 and Genesis 4. Right. But then you start seeing all this other stuff. Before you even finish verse 5, Esau went to the field to hunt. What, what do you right. think about, what's the first instance of someone going out into the field to hunt? You're, you're thinking of Cain and Abel, right? That's right. Genesis mm -hmm. 4, uh, cozying, up, cozying up next to- Two brothers. To, uh, <laughs> two brothers, Yeah. Uh, and one one of them being found acceptable and the other one facing some form of rejection. By the way, at the end of this passage, um, uh, Esau will be uh, be told that he's not going to have a place in the fatness of the land in the ESV translation. He's just like just like Cain became a wanderer, just like Adam and Eve were pushed out of Eden. Uh, so so Esau uh, doesn't get primo real estate. Uh, I mean, the, so there's a lot of things. Um, there's a lot of things like that in this passage if you go through it. Another big one uh, for me is the fact, the role of deception. What's the first deception in all of Scripture? You know that one, Gandalf. It's when they lie to God about... Well, when the, who, serp when the, serp even when the serpent even deceives before. them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, right. and it, it is interesting, by the way... Um, there is no prospect of redemption for the deceiving serpent. You know, this this yeah. heavenly creature, the celestial being. A fundamental plot point of the Jacob narrative is is the redemption of his deceptive character. Right. Uh, his and ironically name means deceiver. Yeah. And ironically, his his sons will go on to deceive him, right? Right. Um, but God will work God will work the deception among covenant figures in a redemptive way, in a way that is never uh, set forth for the serpent in Genesis where, 3. Where, where Abraham and Isaac, their deception was, oh, wait, she's my sister. For Jacob, it was, hey, I'm my brother. Mm, that's it. Every, it's um, all about siblings. <laughs> the uh, Yeah, sibling, sibling rivalry is pretty deep in Genesis. Um, another big thing is how does the, how does the deception occur? What, what, what do they use for the deception? I mean, they um, they, co they cover him in, in goat skin. Yeah, they mm. take Esau's clothes and skins. What does that mm. make you think of? If, I mean, if Genesis 3 is not coming to mind, you have not been listening to this show. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me think of when 
uh, God makes clothes for Adam and Eve coverings. Yeah. And by the way, the the word for skins is the exact same word as as several of the uh, words in this passage are, are directly uh, lexical. Uh, I mean, they're the same exact lexical uh, words, roots that you see in Genesis 3. Uh, the word for skins is the same. Um, uh, what about this? Let your curse be on me. When's the mm. first passage in the Bible we hear about curses? Uh, talking about talking about the punishment for eating of the fruit. That's it. Um, uh, and and you know so and it's interesting in in Genesis three four you have the idea of curse being passed down to offspring. In this passage, um, you have a parent saying, "Let your curse be on me instead to their offspring." Um, so rather than a parent passing down their curse, a parent taking on the curse um, in the event that it went down that way uh, upon themselves. Uh, so there's just there's just so, so much in this story. It's not that you don't read the story as its own story. Of course you do, but you don't read it only that way. You read it in a much fuller arc. So again, we've talked about this before. By the time, by the time you get to the New Testament and you're in Luke 15 and people have problems with where Jesus is showing grace, who, who's finding their way to a right audience with Jesus? Jesus tells three parables in succession, all predicated right. upon not extending grace, but to whom he's extending grace. And the last right. example, the ultimate example of that chapter is a tale of what? Two brothers. Pay attention. <laughs> right. Like every every good synagogue attending Jew is like, okay, a story about two siblings. This is a lot more than a story about two siblings. <laughs> And one of them yeah. is probably going to end off very, very unhappy. Um, if you've got siblings, if you're in a biblical story and you've got like, it's two brothers, you better hope you're the brother that winds up did happy you all, at the end. Did you all ever um, hear Tim Keller or his book, Prodigal God, or did you ever read about his exposition on the parable of the prodigal son? Uh, yes, but, en but enlighten us. Go ahead. So one of the things that Keller points out in talking about the parable of the prodigal son is that the parable itself was really a parable not addressing prodigals, but addressing the older brother. And because that's why he told those three parables, he was dealing with the the, the hardness that's of it. heart of, that's it. of the religious leaders and the religious Jews at that time. And one of the things that Keller points out is that Jesus, where where is Jesus in that story? That Jesus is the more perfect older brother in the story to where the Jews that were supposed to be the blessing to the nations, that Jesus is the more perfect older brother that is willing to share his inheritance with his wayward younger brother. In well, order and, yeah, that and his you also younger brother might be restored. Absolutely. And you you often have reflections, by the way, that say, you know, yes, the father was willing to welcome his son home, um, mm -hmm. but but he never goes out looking for him. Well, in, mm -hmm. in Jesus, the older brother does go out looking for him. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Is, uh yeah, I love that. So are you tracking with what Nathan just said, Gandalf? It's it's in telling the story, Jesus is what the older brother was not that we as tim keller put it we don't have a pharisee for an older brother we have jesus who went to the far country for us who died for us who sacrificed for us 
So yeah, he went he went after the one sheep. D- exactly. And again, again, time out. And and food's always uh, one of the things. Food is always, always, always going to be part of the equation. Like mm-hmm. how how does the parable of the prodigal son end? It's a feast, and they're and they're killing one of the older brother's goats. <laughs> Right. Um, so mm-hmm. G- Jesus it, says, "I'm Jesus says, I am the meal." Mm. Oh, the man! That's so good. So Nathan, uh, when we were uh, we were in staff meeting, Gandalf and I were in staff meeting right before we went to record, and Nathan texted us this reflection about the skins, and I honestly, I just never thought about that. Uh, that the skins is the same word from Genesis three, the whole idea of covering, and. Once you began thinking or once you began prodding those ideas through that text, Nathan, what I went to is kind of like similar to what Tim Keller does in The Older Brother and the Prodigal Son. But I was thinking about how here that Jesus is the better older brother than Esau in, in this sense, that Esau has his blessings stolen. Um. Jesus gives his blessing willfully to us. Like, for instance, in this story, Jacob deceives his father in order to receive the blessing of the older brother by imitating, by wearing his clothes and imitating his likeness. But in Christ, we're not deceiving our heavenly father we are willfully covered by the older brother because he's given his righteousness to us. So mm. like that'll I, preach. I just think, man, I just see like Jesus is the more complete Esau and Jacob story here. Now, I, I don't know that that's the main thrust of this story, but man, anywhere Jesus fits, he fits. No, but you are, you are, I, I guess what I want to say is like, um, I, we used an example very early in the show, and I, I can't, I can't get away from this example. Um, that the Bible really everything because the Old Testament is the first three fourths of the Bible, right? Right. Um, like my 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 dad and I always joke with each other because he did his PhD in Old Testament and Hebrew, and I did mine in New Testament and Greek. And he's like, "Oh, that's no big deal, son. I just studied three times more of the Bible than you did." <laughs> um, and I'm like, "Oh, that's okay. I just you know I just studied about Jesus, so you know that's our family." Right. Thanksgivings are fun. Thanksgivings are fun. Um, but the Old Testament really is this massive pulling back of the slingshot. And every time you think that there can't be any more um, tension put on that band, like it just keeps pulling it back. And and every time it pulls back, it adds another layer to these same foundational elements that keep recurring in story after story. I, again, another one that came to mind here is the fact that he doesn't feed uh he doesn't just feed his father jacob when he's deceiving him he also serves him wine we've seen that before Mm. that's that's the noah story that's the lot story and 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 in those an act of deception or treachery occurs too um you know another thing that and again jesus doesn't just offer himself as the meal he offers his body the bread and his blood the wine you but but he Mm. but for a different reason right right Verse number 12, y'all look at that. Perhaps my father will feel me and shall seem to be, and I shall seem to be mocking him and bring a curse down upon myself, not a blessing. It's interesting here that Jacob is acknowledging here 
that Isaac does wield the Genesis 12 blessing and curse uh, authority given to him as the chosen one of God, that God is going to use Abraham to bless the world. Like those who bless you, I will bless those who curse you. I will curse. Like Jacob is concerned like, Hey, uh, if dad feels like I'm mocking him, this can only go bad for me. So it does seem to acknowledge that Jacob, there are, there are real consequences here. (laughs) That's right. Jacob is, this is not just some appreciating. Yeah. He's appreciating the blessing of Abraham and Isaac. Like when you, and you have that, you have, you have so much Abraham language in when, you know, when you actually get to Isaac blessing him in the latter part of verse 27 through 29, um, Mm -hmm. Um, which incidental note, I think this is the first chapter of the Bible, if memory serves, that talks about smell. Um, I'm not positive of that, but like all of the, let the nations bow down to you, the language of nations, that's Babel slash Abraham language, right? Um, yeah. It's uh, interesting. To, the, everyone uh, curse be everyone who curses you bless be everyone who blesses you. That's straight out of God's promise to Abraham. Hmm. It's kind of interesting to see the, um, the, the contrast between Jacob and Esau, because Jacob clearly has an appreciation of the, the, the authority of the, the curse and the blessing, whereas Esau flippantly gave away his blessing, right? Yeah. Like his birthright. He, like he just gave it away, but Jacob here is being very careful. He's like, man, I'm going to get, he understands the authority. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like J- there is a greater appreciation that Jacob has for these holy things. Yeah. And again, living uh, living the Exodus while you're reading Genesis, there's sibling rivalry there too, right? <laughs> Does only oh. Moses speak for God? No. Um, yeah. No, but I, I, I guess that I, I, we're coming back to the same reality in a lot of different ways. Um, just because you haven't studied a story in the Bible in depth doesn't mean there's nothing familiar about it. Um, because you're hearing you're hearing echoes and intentional allusions to other stories and subsequent stories as you move throughout the, the bigger story of Scripture, um, which is one of my favorite favorite things about the Bible. Cool. Well, bro, it's been great to have you back this week. There's still more to talk about in just this section, but you'll have to tune in next time to receive it. And you know how you can receive the blessing, listener? There it is. If only you would like and subscribe to the Better Than Fiction Bible Podcast and have proper respect for the authority of what that blessing is. And that (laughs) is that receiving a notification every Tuesday morning when we have another 30 minutes discussing the biblical narrative and also the blessing of helping us spread the podcast even farther. So until then, you guys uh, have a great week. See you next time. Feels good to say it. Shalom. It's not meaty. It's not meaty.